Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Royce, and just want to let you guys know that we are a bi-monthly podcast that's available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, and leave us a short review. And this is one of the this is one of the easiest ways to help us support the show. We also release two more episodes every month on Patreon. So if you like what you hear, visit Patreon.com/slash/LieCheatAndSteal to sign up for two more scam stories every month and access to our entire back catalog. With all that out the way, I just want to give a shout out to my co-host with me as always, Kath Barbadoro. How you doing today? Hi, Pat. Uh, I'm all right. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay now. Uh, <laughs> You're on the road, right? You're in the middle of a tour? I, on the road, middle of a tour. My voice shit the bed. Um, and I just got to deal with like the seedy underbelly of the American travel industry today. Lovely. And, um, Did anyone have a yeah. meltdown on, on any form of uh, transportation today? I damn near had a meltdown <laughs> on, on all forms of transportation today. So I got my car like ready to go for the trip. But the way things worked out, it was like, well, I, didn't, I couldn't find a feature. And my, my, my manager was like, well, I found you a feature with a car. So I ended up just like, okay, well, I, I, the, the upside, I don't have to put you know, thousands of miles on my car. But the downside is a lot of like, you know, a lot of little weird like catching one-way flights from city to city and shit. Mm-hmm. And today I flew from Tampa to Atlanta and I flew on Frontier. Never flew Frontier before. I bet the and, clientele on the Tampa to Atlanta flight is... Yeah. <laughs> I bet people are having a good time. I bet people are having I, fun. Un, it, under other circumstances, it would have been fun, but, like, this was wild. It was, like, it was like kind of, like, on the cusp of a mutiny. Because uh, Frontier makes you, if your carry-on or your personal item does not fit into this little slot, it becomes a carry-on. Right. And the carry-on... And if you're finding this out as you're putting it in the slot, that means you're already at the gate. That means it's going to cost you $99. Oh. Oh. 100 smackaroos, yo. Uh, yeah, this this was this has to be somebody's kink is traveling frontier because it's the most degrading, <laughs> least dignified. Like, it'd be like, oh, you want to get abused and fucking, you know, you want to get abused and humiliated, you piece of shit, fly frontier. Like, <laughs> if you want to get uh, financially dominated, guess what? A hundred bucks yeah, for your personal up. item. That is oh, like, I do, I do feel like the um, one bag plus personal item, the fact that, the, like, most airlines are strict about the bag. But the personal item is real anything goes shit. It's a real yeah. It's a real wild card. They'll let a lot of things be a personal item, but Frontier is like absolutely not. We are putting a stop to this. Yeah. A personal <laughs> For, item must be a purse. If it's not a purse, yeah. get it the fuck out of here. Pay us on Frontier. It, they clearly and also I had to, I had to bring my PA with me. Now I'm lucky enough to have like a really cool, really powerful little portable PA, mm-hmm. but it still weighs you know weighs a lot. It cranked my bag up to over 40 pounds. Ugh. So uh, I, I don't know how much. I, mean, I got reimbursed from my manager. I didn't pay for the ticket. But, like, I, I out of pocket that day, $200 for Ugh. my bags today. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. That is clearly what they're. They, they, it's like that's they made how much a it costs to, to like, make, rent a car to drive to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They clearly they, they make they made this airline to facilitate baggage fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, all it's the, it's only a transportation company like in the secondary to collecting yeah. travel uh, baggage fees. 
Yeah, man. And like, I, I literally, so we're all up there at this little, like, this little thing trying to test our bags out. And there was this old, older black dude who was literally hammering down both fists <laughs> onto his bag, trying to get in there. And when it finally went in, everyone cheered. Hell and I was yeah. like, this, this is bleak. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then I, I, man, I got to the, uh, and like uh, every, so I stay at a different hotel every night. Every hotel needs like, 50 to 100 bucks as like um as like the incidentals fee but like they take like five days to get it back to you so right you're and if you're in a different hotel, hotel yeah, yeah. oh man yeah so i just be like i've been being hit with like the, the the very ugly side of the american travel industry today uh but you know happy to be here happy to be recording how's your day going Uh, My day's okay. So um, my cat had um, some teeth pulled yesterday and uh, she is, she's like in good spirits. She was so fucked up yesterday. She was like so stoned. It was so funny. I saw those videos. She was like just needing stuff that wasn't there. She was needing the air. Yeah. She was laying on her side, needing the air. It was great. Um, but right before this podcast, I tried to give her another dose of her pain meds so that she would need the air and not be in pain. And uh, she was very unhappy about that. I got hissed at. I can't believe it. Oh, no. The disrespect. I haven't been hissed at. <laughs> it's been years since she's hissed at me. So I was like, all right, you don't want your pain uh, pills. We'll try this again uh, later when you're actually in pain because you will be pretty soon. So yeah, we'll see. Unfortunately, Dude. cats do not have brains that uh, think like that. So... Yeah. When she gets to be in pain, she's probably going to be even meaner to me. So that'll Aww. be great. <laughs> well, poor, here, here, here's uh, sh- shouting across the cross-species divide out to Zelda and telling her to have some patience for us. I'm trying. Let- it's so frustrating that you can't tell them what's going on. It's yeah. really it's really upsetting. But it was really funny when she was fucked up yesterday. So that's yeah, a small that's silver a- lining. Yeah, we had, we had to take uh, Sid's little chihuahua uh, dog, George, in to get his teeth out a few months ago. And like it, it was just like that's like me and uh, I love both of her dogs. We've both become very close in the, in the time that we've been dating. But her little dog George, that's my dude. And I had to watch him like walk out of the back, and he like was all disoriented. And he was putting his little paw up to his teeth and just trying to hold him, and Aww. it was hard. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. And, I, and like I, yeah, I felt so bad for that guy. Oh, poor George. Yeah, but yeah, well, we're we're sitting we're sitting our our. our I, Thoughts and prayers out to Zelda. You Thank know. you. <laughs> yeah. About it, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. So I I have a bit of a segue today. Okay. Uh, it's the laziest subway segue ever. I'm one, I'm like one or two states over from where the story takes place. Oh, okay. So that's my segue. <laughs> <laughs> Same yeah, uh, on, region, I guess we can say. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm on uh, what I, I've been dubbing the grits and gravy tour, mm-hmm. just because it's it's all throughout the south. And so I wanted to talk today about a little story breaking out of Mississippi. Uh, this is a current event story. So everybody, we, uh, you know, it, as l- listeners know, sometimes it means we don't have all the information yet. But we have quite a bit of information. I'm talking about what is known in the news as the Brett Favre welfare scandal. But it's probably more accurately described as the Mississippi welfare scandal. Have you heard anything about this? I haven't, you know. I feel like I just, as a non-sports watcher, I see the name Brett Favre and I kind of tune out. Like, I'm yeah. just like, whatever comes after this probably doesn't interest me. So no, no, I just yeah, have yeah. like a brain block around it, you know? It's either his boring fucking stats or a, or a, a news that he texted another picture of his dick. I mean, either which way, I'd get out of there. You yeah, know? <laughs> or just like someone's being compared to him. And I'm just like, I don't know any of these yeah. people are. I'd, good luck. God bless everyone. Yeah. Not for me. 
So I've <laughs> well, not think, heard anything about this. So I think one thing we both know, I think one thing we all know about Brett Favre is he's not broke, right? Sure. Brett Favre is a, is a rich guy. If you play sports and I know your name, you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so like it, they, um, essentially I'll start off with the, with the, uh, the overview. Uh, it recently came to light that Brett Favre received $5 million in funding from the state of Mississippi from their welfare department that was earmarked to help lift po- families out of poverty. He took that $5 million and helped finance the building of a volleyball gym at his alma mater, Mississippi State Uni- or Mississippi Southern University, where his daughter currently goes to school <laughs> and plays volleyball. Amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. bought his daughter a volleyball court with money yes. to bring people out of poverty love it yeah yeah so we are going to take a startling and frustrating and uh, very anger inducing trip through the state of mississippi and talk about what it's facing uh it's trials and tribulations these days and what resources it was given to take care of that and where those resources actually went this is one of those episodes that will get you pissed off for sure hell yeah i'm ready to be pissed off yeah let's get let's get angry because i i've been having such a great time all day dealing with the wonderful <laughs> Um, man, I, I went to the wrong Howard Johnson from the airport, and then I left my iPad at that Howard Johnson, got back to the new Howard Johnson I was supposed to be at, realized my mistake, and I had to run back to the other Howard oh, Johnson. Oh, brother. So, you know what? But you know what? I, 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 I'm I over it, and I, it's time to get mad again. Okay. It's time to go back in. So, <laughs> here we go. And again, forgive my voice, guys. I uh, If one thing, this will force me to talk slower. So, congratulations. <laughs> um, so... I want to talk about the current condition of Mississippi. And also, I have nothing against the people of Mississippi. Uh, and coming from somewhere, as a guy who grew up in a state and a city and it was a neighborhood where the stereotypes were attached to it and people like to blanket you in with all those people, I completely get that. So this is not about the great people of Mississippi. Completely. This is, about- the, the, this is like, I, I get a sense, I'm going to guess that this story is about how the great people of Mississippi have been fucked over. And yes, they yeah, deserve yeah. more and like nothing against more. them. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just like, like and that's, that's the cool the thing is like everybody I've ever met from Mississippi, cool as shit. Uh, just like fun people. Every time I've spent, every moment I've spent in Mississippi has been fun. Uh, you know, it's always been for comedy. So, you know, like, of course it's a little bit of a, a, a skew, but I love it there. I love my time that I spent there. So this is definitely about the leadership in Mississippi. So totally. let's, let's bust out a few stats about where Mississippi stands in, in regards to other states in the, in the nation. Mississippi is currently the poorest state in the union. Roughly one in five citizens live below the poverty level. It also has the highest infant mortality rate, highest teen pregnancy. Uh, it has the lowest literacy rate. Now, whether you think this is, is related to this or not, it is the most conservative state, specifically in its leadership. Uh, it has the highest percentage of conservative leaders. Both senators are conservative. Uh, it was Mississippi's law about abortion that helped kickstart a lot of the um, the recent, like you know, the Roe v. Wade overturning and a lot of the uh, the trigger laws that were in place. Mm-hmm. A lot of the like, a lot of that was based on legislation out of Mississippi or laws modeled to resemble their own. Isn't which, Mississippi like, where they're having that water crisis too? Isn't it Jackson? It is. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to yeah. get that too. Okay. They, they've got problems all across the board. Um, they've been called. Their their leadership has said that they have an opportunity to lead the nation. In um in the the defense of life uh in in America great which would really be the, the... tackling the main issues of Mississippi <sighs> and why yeah. it's why life is hard yeah. there it's definitely abortion and not all this other stuff yeah for sure and so 
Um, now, one thing that's, that's being very publicized right now is that the uh, the Mississippi is facing a water crisis born straight out of systemic racism and systemic neglect. Um, Mississippi has been is set to receive seventy five million in federal water funding on top of four hundred fifty million that's previously set aside from a coronavirus relief bill, all to improve their water infrastructure. And the state has demanded that the cities receiving this match the federal funding. And that makes it next to impossible for the cities that actually need it. This is like so crazy, too, because it's like that amount of money for the federal government is really not that much money. That's like not at all. That's like two Marvel movies. That's not a lot of money. Like this is Ant-Man one and two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Two like (laughs) mid sized Marvel movies. Yeah. 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 Not even the big guys. So it's just it's so wild to be like, okay, Jackson, Mississippi. Like, where's your half? Like, what do you mean? My half? Yeah, my half. Yeah. I don't know what it is about like like the idea that like. You know, like these Republican senators would be like, we 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 neglected all federal funding, and the whole crowd cheers. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I I, I, I will never applaud the rejecting of free money. Right, it's not my blood. Can't do it. It's so weird uh, too, because you'd think like I thought the whole reason that they liked Donald Trump was because he was like President Deals, you know? Yeah. So like, what what? Why not frame it as like? Dude, we fucking snowed the federal government. We got the best deal, <laughs> yeah, the sweetest yeah. deal. Like, the, yeah. yeah, it's no. just so bizarre to me. But you know, yeah, there, I'm a, I'm up a, in my East Coast ivory tower, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yeah cast aspersions on Mississippi because I know these problems are not with the people who live there. But yeah, it is frustrating yeah. to watch. But yeah, one thing I will say, and this is like, and this goes for the people of Texas too. So I'm not I'm not talking shit mm, uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. Is that it's an easy sell to the voting population of these states to be like, hey, federal government wants to come here and give you money. You know what that means? They control you. Totally. And it's like, yeah. And, and the politicians know that that, that, that is, a, is a great way to spend why they decline to take this money or why they attach so many fucking weird-ass stipulations to it. So as a result, uh, Jackson, which is largely black and largely Democrat and it's a state capital, has been left out of this uh, funneling of funds that have been made to go to largely white and suburban population centers away from Jackson. Right. That pr- result, presumably have the tax base to be able to pay for yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And as we record this episode, Jackson residents are forced to boil brown tap water that oftentimes lacks the necessary pressure to even make it out of the faucet. And citizens are being told to shower with their mouths closed. So Jesus. that's, that is where Mississippi is standing in terms of how they serve their residents. But the federal government was like, hey, you know what? We want to help you guys out. So, of course, they gave them um, TANF uh, funds, so T-A-N-F, which stands for the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, more commonly known as welfare. Mm -hmm. And now these funds are available for Mississippi to distribute to its citizens. Now, as Republican governorship is wont to do, the powers that be are very selective about how and about which and how many welfare applicants get approved. So... Well, Mississippi, uh, uh, as we're talking, one of the poorest and one of the most in need of this funding, also distributes the least amount of it directly mm-hmm. to welfare recipients. Um, <clears throat> there's an entire philosophical debate that could be had about where the government's role in all this lies, and is it better to give people money directly or to set up programs that can partake in? Right. But what we what we do know that's not debatable is that. Right now, in, in 2022, if you had to take a guess on how many people are collecting welfare in the state of Mississippi, how many would you guess? Ooh, uh, I don't know, because I don't, like, number of people-wise? 
Yeah. Or like just percentage no, no, of people wise? No, just, just number of recipients. Okay. Well, first, I I don't think this is cheating. I'm going to look up the population of Missouri. Go right ahead. Go right <laughs> ahead. Because <laughs> that will probably only stray you away from the right answer. Six po- Okay. There are 6.2 million people in Missouri. Um, and I'm going to guess this is like a, a ridiculously no- low number. But also, everyone in Missouri is very poor, like, or it tends to be yeah. very poor. It's a one, one in five. One in five live below one the poverty line. One in five live below and, the poverty line, which, like... It's Mississippi. Sorry? Oh, it's Mississippi. You were saying Missouri. Oh, Mississippi. sorry. Yeah, Mississippi. Uh, one in five people in Mississippi live uh, below the poverty line. But I... Let me see. Okay. Hold on. Okay, never mind. Mississippi, because I looked up Missouri by accident. <laughs> Mississippi <laughs> has 2.93 million people in it. Um, I'm going to say, and one in five are below the poverty line and thus yes. should be receiving welfare. I'm going to say 500,000 people get welfare. 200. 200 people? 200,000. 200, 200 people. 200 people. 200 people. 100 people plus 100 people, 200 people. 200 in the individuals in the entire yeah. state are getting these TANF funds. It directly distributed to them. Yeah. Okay, as, as, as like, cash. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is insane. That's because, bananas. Yeah, it's bananas. And and it's, it's just, um, uh, if you if you go back, you can look at their numbers. They are, they, they deny 99% of all welfare applications. Jesus Christ. And, and I'm sure I, the I, application is... A huge pain in the ass. Like oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure yeah, it I'm is sure an, a massive undertaking yeah. and very complicated, well, and there's still like they, no chance. Because their welfare system is so underfunded, uh, sometimes the office that you need to go to to get these welfare applications, depending on where you are or where you have access to it, transportation wise, may not be open that week. May not may only be open a few days a week. May not Jesus. be open on your day off. Yeah, or it's all it's only open on days you got to work. Like that is not uncommon because. They don't. They're not giving enough funding to even stay open. Uh, to go back and, and touch a little bit on America's history with welfare, we had the episode about the welfare queen, Reagan's welfare queen. Yeah. And welfare used to have a whole different connotation in America. America was relatively charitable, or at least government charity was was popular. Up into like, you look at the, the Dust Bowl. You know, the Dust Bowl. We raised so much money for these people. So many federal funds were given to these poor families. Right. Because the idea of living in poverty was like. It was like poverty meant you lived in the country and you were white. And right. somewhere along the lines, the powers that be decided that, I don't know, the new face of poverty is going to be inner city and black. Yep. And they didn't do that to highlight the issues. They did that because they knew that would drive funding up real quick. No right. Doubt. The idea is like, yeah, that but, but giving to people in the Dust Bowl is like to help these people who have been like, you know, are, are struggling and, and they need it and everything. But the whole thing with the welfare queen is like black urban poverty is people scamming this, like people, yes. people getting the, this stuff uh, unduly. And the reason that they're in poverty is because they don't want to work and they want to live off the government, which is like, yeah, yeah just so, absurdly racist. And, like, and, and because, yeah, because there's, there's this like this, this, this like um, like idea or this belief that I, that I hear among like, the, um, you know, right wingers, people who are um, against large government. And they say that. Um, government spending will will be abused 
by people because it's human nature to abuse and exploit and manipulate systems. So it's best if left to the free market, which last time I checked, the free market was was regulated by people. So why right. are they not <laughs> just as well, why are they not just as likely to abuse or fuck with this? Like it doesn't make it's, it's a, like it's basically saying it's like no 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 the free market is people who have businesses, respectable people, people who aren't poor. They're right. not going to abuse the system. We let we who, we need to let the smart people who be, who are evidence that they're intelligent because they're rich. Uh, yeah. they get to manipulate the system. That's yes, who deserves yes. to manipulate it. Yeah, so in step with like traditional Republican beliefs that, and, and again, I, I also don't want to, I've gotten a few like, like complaints lately on like on some of my social medias like about being one-sided or whatever. And like, I mean, yeah, I am. I, I guess yeah. I am because- yeah, We like, kind of just are. Like that is yeah. that is sort of our perspective. Yeah, and, I, uh, I hate- I hate the Democrats, uh, just as just like for very valid reasons, as much as I hate the Republicans. But I will, I'll just say it like the Republicans would be up to some shit that's just insidious and evil sometimes. Like straight up, like like I don't know. Like this this is one of those things. Yeah, I so. mean, if you're if you're like a right wing listener, thank you so much for uh, for listening. Try to just focus on how much we hate the Democrats. Like yeah. let's <laughs> let's find some common ground around that, and uh, don't. Yeah. Don't worry about the other stuff. You can still listen. We definitely yeah. think that what you believe is um, wrong and, and harmful, but you know that's fine. You can, if you can yeah, get, if you sure. can tolerate it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just like I, I, I mean, there's a, a million things. Obviously, govern politics is, is sucks in general, but I've noticed that the shitty things that I see done by the like Republicans and conservatives are tend to be born from this like this insidious worldview they've been building for three generations. Yeah. You know, like, like not just this, like, like, you know, Democrats, obviously like they're, they're ineffective. They don't do shit. They have like, they're, 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 they're racist in different ways. I get all the criticisms, but they're not built upon the backs of like a religious based, like perversion of Christianity that's been being fermented for three decades. And, and it's now starting to take, take shape and take hold of the government. Like, totally. I don't think they're doing that. So, <laughs> Here we go. So what what Mississippi decided was that their welfare funds should be would be best doled out by the private sector. Classic, uh, of course. Classic yeah. <laughs> fans of of helping the poor, the private sector. The really, private sector, yeah. Really, historically, have only done good for yeah. disadvantaged people. Yeah. So they they what what private sector means in terms of dispersing government funds is nonprofits. It's nonprofits that step in the yep. way and they take these. They take these government funds and they say, don't worry, we'll give it to, we'll make sure this goes to help the people. Mm-hmm. Now, almost exclusively, this does not mean we're giving out checks to people who need it. It means we're funding programs. We're funding, um, you know, uh, charter schools. Uh, you know, we're funding like uh, organizations and communities that we think will help. And right. It's, I, we're funding programs, but more importantly, we're also funding administrators' salaries to run these programs yeah. and researchers. Well, to research yeah. these programs. And if we f- if the researchers and the administrators find out that this program is not actually wanted or effective, too bad they still get paid to run it. So they're yeah. going to keep doing it because that's their yeah. salary. Cause, yeah, cause and also they have zero like well when it comes to state um state oversight as terms of what happens to federal, with federal money is mm-hmm. almost like unchallenged. Mm. Nobody tells them where their federal money goes. It's completely up to them. And when they when they say the private sector, the people who own these nonprofits, they're not like, you know, like they're not competing. The way that they say private sector it encourages competition, which encourages, you know, uh, 
you know, better value. We all get a better deal. People are competing. There's no competition in who gets these fucking contracts. It's people who know the governor. It's people who are friends with the local government. Yeah. That's whose nonprofit gets it. It's not like they go and find the best nonprofit. Like, right. That's, that's not what they're doing. Mm. So. It's basically know, when, the same, the same thing that like, um, we do with war. Like it's, it's exactly the same as like military subcontractors. It's just the government has all of this money they will they will give it to you if you're like if you if you're friends with them and submit the right paperwork and yep. the outcome or like the um you know principles of your company or whatever like don't matter to them in the slightest this is all a very yep. well-oiled machine to give money to you know people they know yep so uh, i one thing i'd be remiss if i didn't mention this we're talking about uh local estate level city level politics i i did a show in Beaumont, Texas, on Sunday, and I did it in a winery. And I, sometimes you don't know, like, oh, a winery in Beaumont is it going to be like a very the beautiful crowd. vineyards of Beaumont, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I so we did we did a place uh, a show at this place, and I will say they had dope pizza and their their wine was like legit good. A lot of times, like I go to these wineries and I'm just like, oh, it's whatever, it's wine. Their shit was good. Also, I get there, and I think I found like I basically I found a business there. They had a lot of. Uh, they seemed a little more left of center than anybody I would have in Beaumont. It doesn't become good, but it means that like I got there and there was like, there was like uh, this, these gay dudes worked there and all of their homies came to the show. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of times you're worried like, oh, is this crowd going to be stuffy? Like, no, it was a very party, fun, freewheeling crowd. We had a great time. It was packed out. But when it started off, I was explaining why my voice was gone. And so I was going to make a joke. And so I said, yeah, you know how I lost my voice is uh, actually what's a city you guys don't like? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this dude in the crowd goes, Vidor. And I don't know if you know anything about Vidor, Texas. Oh, yes, I the, do. Yeah. Extremely yeah. racist. What, uh, yeah. if, for listeners, if you don't know, um, it, look up what a sundown town is. That is what yep. Vidor is. Vidor, Vidor is the prime example of a sundown town. It's the most notorious one. Yeah. So I yelled out. Well, I said, hey, well, you guys know why I lost my voice because I was too busy screaming, fuck Vidor. And that gets a big laugh, except this lady at the end raises her hand. And I said, uh, yes, ma'am. I love when and someone raises goes, their hand at a comedy yeah, show. Always You good. know you're in for it, yeah. So she raises her hand. I said, uh, yes, ma'am. She goes, I would just like to point out that I am the mayor pro tem of Vidor. <laughs> <laughs> and Were so, you like, and I'm she, so sorry that that's your job? I, I, yeah, I just like, I, I cut. I was like, oh, well, you know, hey, sorry. Thanks for being a good sport. And she proceeded to not laugh the entire <gasps> night and just sit there and type on her phone. She's I'm, gotta I'm, know what Vidor's like. Yeah, what does she yeah. think? That's wild. <laughs> and so at one point, I, I have a tag where I talk about not telling the truth and I was like, what's being dishonest? And I was like, dishonesty, best policy, politician table over there, keep up the good work. And <laughs> she gave me, she gave me the most like bless your heart Southern woman smile. <laughs> and they walked out, said nothing to nobody, and just left. Bless and them. I'm still, I still don't know. If I hope she didn't start like go on Yelp and martyr herself at the expense of this venue, um, <laughs> which I think she might have done, but we'll find out later if our company gets a complaint. Like if my booker gets a fucking email, <laughs> but uh, so anyways, yeah. So that's that was uh, my my little brush with local government here. So yeah, we talk about these nonprofits. These nonprofits are who gets to say so and what goes where when it comes to the TANF funds, the state welfare money from Mississippi, mm-hmm. which as we've covered is needed by one in five people need that right. shit. So, they turn to a woman named Nancy New. Nancy New, which is just like, I, that's just a, that's a scam-heavy name. I love that. <laughs> name. 
So Nancy New uh, is the the head of a of a nonprofit called Families First for Mississippi. And okay, Fam- I'm gonna First go Miss- ahead and go out on a limb and say Nancy New First, Families Second is probably the way yeah, that yeah. this <laughs> nonprofit works. Oh, you would be you would be correct, Kath. Uh, <laughs> this woman is already at the, well, I'll, as of this. I'll get into it, but she has already pleaded guilty to, okay, whatever, nice. to all the shit we're gonna talk about. <laughs> so. Nancy New was the former educator turned head of Families First for Mississippi, one of a handful of agencies tasked with doling out welfare dollars for Mississippi residents. Now, it became clear, clear that Families First acted merely as a spigot that allowed the leaders of the Mississippi Republican Party to redirect welfare dollars to numerous pet projects and gifts. So she started working closely with uh, the, the, the then Mississippi governor, Phil Bryant, and John Davis, the head of the Mississippi Welfare Department, and they started essentially just putting money towards projects that, you know, would help would either help them politically or personal projects. I mean, we, if you get into just the gifts, she bought the governor's wife clothing, which is like, you know, probably not Jesus. ethical. Yeah. Um, some some funds disappeared that ended up buying John Davis a brand new Tahoe. Uh, huh. Imagine that. Yeah. That's like it's just so <clears throat> wild that people like. I don't know. I I guess I just like have it's it's so hard for me to think of the scale of this where it's like you're buying yourself a new car with this money like a new car. That is a major purchase tends to be something that a very poor family could really use a car. Not anything as nice as a Tahoe, but like I bet you you could get three cars for the price that you pay for that Tahoe. That would change the lives of some of of their residents. Completely like in a place like Mississippi, like you have to have a car that runs in order to like have a a job, you know? So yeah, it's just like, it just seems like so much money to be stealing. I know in the grand scheme of like the scams we talk about, it's not that much, but it's like, you're ripping off fucking poor people to buy yourself a yeah. car? Like, uh, no it, hell hot enough for these people. It's yeah. insane. And, and this is like, these are the kind of people who like, like to them, like, it'd be like, like give your like a, a, a relative or a friend's mom who just has a lot of opinions about what welfare recipients should be buying with their welfare, or their food stamps, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of deal. It's, it's, one of, it's one of these things where like, I'm sure they th- like, you know, we talk about non-believers uh, or, or true believers and people who are just bullshit artists. Yeah. Like, I really do think that these people thought the best thing for the people of Mississippi was for them to be in power of what happened or, or in charge of their money. Mm-hmm. Because they, like, they had this idea. It's not like, <clears throat> and, I, and I mean, I, I, I say, I'm over here saying what their ideas are, but it's clearly cut out in what they what they propose, the legislation that they that they they put through, is like it's to them. It's not like okay, we people need money. Well, let's uh, let's start by giving them money, right? First of all, let's just give them the, give them money that they need to pay their bills to get through that, and then let's talk about you know. Um, you know, fixing the infrastructure for public transportation to get people to and from work. Anything, things like that have proven impacts on alleviating poverty. They're not interested in. They're interested in stuff where they were setting up like um, like financial planning seminars at low-income housing projects. Right. Like the, the implication yeah. being that like the reason that these people are poor is because they're irresponsible. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, financially illiterate or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and then they, they would come out, and they, there's uh, there's like emails that show like how um, nobody was no nobody came out to this fucking uh, event that they held at this housing uh, project, and then so 
to remedy that, they were like, well, why don't we give two hot dogs next time? And then some people came out for the hot dogs, but nobody, they were like, they were like, we're not getting the level of engagement. And somebody was like, you know what? Sadly, I think this is just a common trait of the, the socioeconomic Ugh. class. That, that is that lives so here. fucking infuriating. Yeah. And like, the thing is like, <clears throat> No one is better with money than poor people. Like yes, no one yeah, is yeah. better with money. No one can stretch a dollar further and can like figure out how to like get stuff for cheap and stuff. Like it's yeah. just it's so absurd to be like, I guess these people just don't want to learn. Like Do, yeah, so... yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it goes back to like that whole thing of like. I don't know, like, I know people who are, like, I know people who are broke as shit who could benefit from, the, from like, or who, like, who I know growing up were, like, you know, dirt fucking poor or the family didn't have a lot, and now they've, like, stabilized themselves, and you would think they would have this throw-the-rope-back mentality or at least, like, an empathy to, towards what mm-hmm. people are going through, and it's not. It's like, I would say, unfortunately, I don't know what it is, it's very common for people who pull themselves out of these situations to be like, okay, now I did it, now everybody else has to do that, and, like, it's very easy to sell these people on the idea that like hey to make it easier for everybody else is unfair to you we watch it happen right now with the debt loan for the student debt loan forgiveness yeah so, yeah that's a good yeah. that's a really good point i yeah i think i mean i feel like people are just like it's this psychological reaction formation thing where it's like they want to be proud of themselves and they should be because like it is really hard to pull yourself out of poverty but the, yeah they get like obsessed yeah. with like you know their neighbor who they think is you know, or even if they are, like, why do you care if your neighbor's, yeah. like, selling their food stamps or whatever? Like, th- such a small scale, like, level of exploitation going on, given the level of exploitation that is happening yeah. to those people, you know? It's, I, it's I, I so strange it, I, to me. I think it, I think it's because of, like, it really um, – there's, like, there's, like, okay, there's very clear um, – differences in status between uh, a, a, a lower middle class person and an upper class person or, mm-hmm. or like somebody who somebody who's living in poverty there's very clear distinctions like the car you drive where you live when you get into like these neighborhoods and into these communities there's not as big a distinction as some of them would like there to be yeah you know, like they don't they're, like they're like you know i think there's that uh, that subconscious gnawing of like oh shit everybody from the other side of the tracks they don't care that you know, I live in like I actually live in this block, which is a little better than this block, and I actually right. I, I I go to community college, and this there's like very few distinctions that they I feel they think are visible. Right, and, and it, it is like it's you have to work so hard for so little in this country yeah. that like I can see why it, people get like hung up on this thing of like, well, this person's just like given the same amount of money that I earn, and so like yeah. how dare they or whatever yeah. like. And, and, and and the people that powers that be aren't doing anything to to dissuade that. No, no, like, no, yeah, no, no. That's like, so encouraged. Yeah, thinking yeah, like yeah. That. Well, I mean, just today I saw that guy literally like using both of his fists to hammer down on his backpack to get it into that slot <laughs> to avoid. It was like it was like the sword and the stone for poor people, and we were all just like everybody was in the fucking airline thing. Everybody cheered when it got in, and I was just like, God damn, this is bleak. Even like the the lady who works for Frontier was like clapping, like she was like in a an assistant at a magic show or some shit. Like, it was. It was the most heartbreaking. Yeah, you are. I feel like you're really taking this story personally today because you have just witnessed (laughs) like the level of indignity that like trying to save money will get you in this country. Dude, it's crazy because like, like I usually like when I fly, like, you know, I mean, I I don't, I'm not over here flying. Like, like I usually go with whatever the cheapest flight is, but there's companies I'll stay away from. But like my manager just had to get my ass from Tampa to Atlanta. Right. And it needed to happen fast. So like I was just there and like, 
A, they made up the entire ticket price. The, the, all the shit that we saved on the ticket price, we made up for baggage check fees yep. uh, off top. <laughs> also, just like, yeah, like we were over there sitting, and they they, come up, they, they, they will tell you to stay seated, but not like, please remain seated until your zone is called. It's like they're talking to third graders. They're yeah. like, everyone in their seat, don't don't get it. At one point, they paged the lady. They were like, raise your hand. This is your name. The lady got up and over the intercom. He's like, don't get up. Don't get up. Don't get up. Stay seated. I'll walk to you. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Basically, man. like the flight attendants treat tr- are treating you like TSA treats everyone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Normally, you get through security and you stop being yelled at by <laughs> yeah, TSA. Yeah, no. no, they Not- kept it. Yeah, you were like at the DMV of the airport. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's just like when I go like like uh, like I stay at good hotels and stay at bad hotels, you know. I mean, I ain't, I ain't paying for them, so I have, no, I have very little say. So, uh, but like uh, sometimes I'll stay at places, and the worse of a hotel it is, the more adversarial they are for you the minute you show up. And it's like that, it's just like this class distinction thing. They're just like, oh, because you know, I mean, you're not much bumpy. You work at the fucking Howard Johnson lady. Well, that's the they're other like, thing too. Is like the reason that they're so fucking cranky is because they're also not getting paid enough. Yeah. Like, and people are paid, mad yeah. and mean to them. Like, it's just this horrible, vicious cycle yeah. of totally good people who are put in these positions by you know whoever is making yeah. millions off of Frontier Airlines who yeah, would never don't... take their own airline. You know. Yeah, the doggy dog shit. It's like it's like if you want to avoid this. Like, meanwhile, I look over like across the terminal. The Delta passengers have like hot towels and shit. <laughs> the Frontier <laughs> passengers, yeah, they're just like stay in your fucking seat, pig. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was it was insane. I mean, the class distinction is always very very obvious at the airport. But like, yeah, boy, get that frontier ticket and see if it doesn't look so much more stark <laughs> in comparison. So, mo- moving on to to uh, to the star of today's show, really, uh, kind of the big name attached to all of this. Uh, we talk about our friend Brett Favre. Uh, Brett Favre, uh, noted goddamn animal. Uh, he was. Uh, Is he like a freak? Is I really don't know anything well, about him beyond that he's like a famous athlete. <laughs> He had a, um, a a sexting scandal pop off where he was oh, okay. like sending uns- unsolicited dick pics to female reporters. Okay, that's good. It's always yeah. good. Uh, yeah, just a gross guy. Um, he seems like want- he'd be too old to like be on the phone doing all that. But yeah, right. Well, yo, he, him being on the phone and being old actually is a bit of his. Oh, I guess he's here. not that old. He's fifty two. Okay. Anyway, yeah. that's that's young enough to know how to send pictures of your dick to people. Yeah, yeah, and, and this was like ten years ago. He was forty two. He was yeah. yeah. He was fucking. He was eager to do it. Oh man, I I don't think this guy will ever listen to our podcast. Um, the 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 venue we did in Houston, we did this dope ass venue, and the uh, the guy like had like their security dude take us out and gave him like like we bought all our drinks. It was pretty dope. Nice. Drove us all these bars, but he, he took us to bars that he he goes to, and he happened to be just the most divorced man in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> You only got yeah, to spend a night in his shoes. Yeah, this guy was older than me, and we were at bars where everyone was younger than me, and he was just like, "Dude, the chicks here are fine." I was like, oh. "Yeah, yeah." Oh, it was it was a rough night in Houston, but anyway. So yeah, I Brett Favre. Get back to this the guy. Yeah, he was a, a quarterback for uh, obviously the Packers for years. Uh, ended his career playing for the Vikings. Um, stayed in the NFL. Way too fucking long. Uh, at this point, I'm pretty sure his brain is just raspberry gogurt. Yeah, I think um, he's just like, yeah. But he has since uh, retired back to his home state, Mississippi, and become very involved in politics. By involved in politics, I mean best friends with the governor. Right, and just another yeah. another you know palm to grease or whatever. Yeah. 
so he uh, he has been going about his, uh, wanting to get his daughter into. I'm sorry. Um, his uh, so his alma mater was uh, University of Southern Mississippi. Okay. And he was he went there, uh, played played all his college ball there. Still like a big uh, big of the alumni and like all the uh, the clubs surrounding it. And his daughter is currently goes there, and she or at least in 2017 she did, and she was playing for the volleyball uh, volleyball team there. So Brett Favre was friends with Phil Bryant, and he approaches Phil Bryant um, and it asks about, hey, how can I like um, essentially I want to build a a volleyball stadium here at uh, at MSU or USM sorry and they were like yeah yeah we can do that and as he would say later in his defense they were like well you know you made 140 million dollars in NFL contracts uh, not including your sponsorships not including just the money you make from having money right. why don't you just pay for it out of your own thing and he said well you know I've, I've always been explaining that you know wealthy people what you do is you raise money you help raise money for causes and raising money is one thing what he did was quite different so he meets, he meets in 2017 with Nancy New, and tells them that he needs five million for this this thing. On the first meeting, Phil Bryant and Nancy New approve four million dollars, uh, for right off the bat. So what they say he'll do it ex- because now here's the one thing, the one rule. And this one is from few, I'm sorry, this is from Mississippi's families first or whatever, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, money? yeah, Nancy, okay. yeah. Because, you know, so, college, definitely families. Uh, yeah. Lots of yeah, families yeah, sure. are going to be using this volleyball stadium. <laughs> well, that is exactly what they said would happen. They said um, he they, 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 they put in a submission saying they want to get this volleyball stadium built. And uh, essentially they got word back saying, like, hey, you need to reword this. And so it so was instead said, said. Yeah, I, I cut you off earlier. You, you were saying one of their only stipulations. Yeah. One of the only stipulations is that it can't be used outright for construction okay. you, can't, you can't you can't use you can't use welfare funds to build anything okay and so there's a workaround on that so basically what they did was they wanted to get this thing built they tell uh brett Favre that he needs to re- resubmit his application and talk about how this volleyball this volleyball stadium is going to be used to hold like seminars and classes and events for people experiencing poverty. Oh my god. And so they're going to have the financial literacy classes in the in yeah, the volleyball yeah, 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 stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, That's yeah. so like man. Yeah, I get why this got so popular as like an example because yeah. it's so perfect. Like e- instead of just giving people some money so they can keep their lights on, we're going to build a multi-million yeah, dollar yeah, volleyball yeah. stadium. And invite them and give them a hot dog and teach yeah, them and, how to be better with their hot dog. And you know what part of it was? Was they were going to have speaking engagements done by the man himself, Brett Favre. Okay. I haven't heard Brett Favre speak in about a decade because I, you know, he's not on Sports Center anymore. I don't know what he sounds like talking, but again, I this dude's spray this dude's brain's a fucking milkshake at this yeah, point. Yeah, I can't imagine I he has any like, like good advice for the poor yeah. of Mississippi. Yeah, like like he's gonna be like 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 they literally were like he's gonna give like these like these these talks and that's what's gonna, but he's not gonna do them for free because we can't pay directly for the building of this fucking volleyball stadium. We're gonna give him the four million ah, for speaking, speaking engagements. engagements. Okay, and then, very and then good he, to bring yeah. people out of poverty is to see <laughs> Brett Favre talk. Just yeah very yeah important. yeah see Brett, yeah. Brett, yeah, he's got a lot to say about it. He's like, "Oh, what you got to do is you got to be real good at throwing a football." Right. Um, and I, which is <laughs> first, you get an NFL do. contract, yeah, then yeah, yeah, you yeah, get yeah, your yeah. endorsements. Then, yeah. yeah. 
That's like telling like like there's an old Onion article where it's a guy talking about his his solution for starvation in Africa, and it's that everybody should just go home and make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why don't they do that? Why they go and make a sandwich and toast the bread so it has a little crunch to it? <laughs> yeah, tummy's rumbling. Go make a sandwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I see you guys out here in this dirt, uh, noticing <laughs> far away from your home, which has a kitchen and food. <laughs> so yeah, so they they they. they they do they do this and at this point they need like one point one million dollars is what they need left. So they start like that they, they they start talking to the governor and get everybody involved. Well what happened very so this is when everything kind of starts to to percolate and come out of the open and people are seeing this. Now that this actually it started back in twenty twenty when our friend Nancy New and her son, Zachary New, who also helped her run the thing, were arrested alongside with the uh, the Davis guy that ran the welfare office mm-hmm. and about three others were so arrested. So they arrested, they did arrest like a state employee for this. Yes, they did. Interesting. They, yeah, they arrested these people and it was a huge amount uh, a bit of reporting called, it was called the Back Channel and it was done by a Mississippi Today reporter named Anna Wolf. And if you want to learn so much more about this, she is giving tons of interviews. She's all over the news. Um, it, read her read her articles. I, I can't recommend. It helped me out with this art with this. It helped me out with this episode. It also just was like intriguing to watch, and she breaks it down and get, goes so much more in depth into some of the most egregious shit that this that this lady was doing. And so, if you're not pissed off enough at yeah, the end of this episode, go get more pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. So they so. Now, when, when all this comes out, immediately uh, Phil Bryant and. Uh, fucking our boy uh, Brett Favre are like, man, it, Brett, they're like they're denying it. They're just, you know, saying they had no clue what this was. Brett Favre is saying that he had um, that he had no idea that this was coming from uh, welfare funds. Now, to be clear, Brett Favre has paid back the um, the the one million he was on the hook for. He was on the hook for that extra million, mm-hmm. the four million he was never on the hook for. I don't know how they got away with that one, but the one million he was never he was on the hook for, plus uh, there because. All right, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. So when they did that 2020 arrest, a, an auditor started looking into everything, a state auditor. And he was looking into the egregious spending on, on the way of the, of the welfare department to the tune of $77 million unaccounted for. Um, that, Damn. And that, that's, and that's just the tip of the iceberg is the fucking the $5 million for the volleyball thing. Uh, getting back Again, to the world of wrestling. think about how many people you could, like, just yeah. fix all their problems with that money yeah, in Mississippi where like cost of living is like fairly <sighs> low. Like it, it's a pretty affordable place. You just, that's like, that's like a hundred thousand people that you just yeah. could like fix all their problems. It's so wild to me. And say, instead of what they did with that money was they hired on uh, the son of Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. <laughs> uh, they hired on his son who uh, was going to do some drug and alcohol counseling programs. Really? For the That's citizens. what they went with. Yeah. And, and what experience does he have in drug and alcohol counseling? Well, Kath, uh, is because he used TANF Mississippi welfare funds to pay for himself to go to a top-notch luxury rehab facility to kick oh, his own goddamn drug and alcohol problem. So they, they got they hired on this, like, like a dude just in the throes of addiction and then paid for him to go to go work it out how the stars do out in Malibu. That's, and then he, I mean, I got to say, that is like the pro wrestler way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, get, I love that this guy has a connection to a true carny because this is yeah. some carny shit going on right here. They Holy even released, shit. 
they even released some funds uh, back to our uh, on behalf of our boy Brett Favre to a pharmaceutical company that Favre was working with called Provacus, which oh sounds God. too much like Provasic from fucking uh, the um, uh, the fugitive. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Uh, it's because you wanted Provasic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, Provasic, and this is for an anti-concussion medication, which like, I guess Brett Favre is too concussed to realize that it's too late. Right. Um, yeah, 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 like, yeah. It's called pre prevacus, like prevent a concussion, Brett. <laughs> meaning that until you until you steal seventy seven million more dollars from like, that fucking time machine, you're not going to be able to go back and stop your brain from being turned to Dunkaroo fudge. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have a different snack for Brett Favre's brain every time. So. <laughs> All right. So let's see. So so he's but he says the whole time he's like, yeah, I didn't know. I, I had no clue this is welfare money. I just I just thought I didn't know this is welfare money. I just thought the government was giving me free money, you know. Right. Like welfare. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. It's welfare for you at any rate. Whether it was yeah, earmarked yeah. for anyone else or not. This is <laughs> I didn't think it sounded like welfare. I thought it sounded well fair. You know? Yeah, just like, sorry about that, guys. Um so at this point, so he was like, yo, I never knew this shit. I, I never knew these were uh, these, these were um, welfare dollars. Well, then they just dropped, like, a bunch of text messages that just refute every lie everyone's told in this the whole time. <laughs> Mainly the one where Brett Favre is just right there asking Nancy – or, no, asking Phil Bryant, the governor himself, asking him, hey, uh, there's no way for the media to find out where this money's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> in the leaked text. Love yeah, it. Yeah, Gotta yeah. love it. Like, hey, man, we ain't going to get in trouble for all this cocaine we're trafficking, are we? Write me back. This is Patrick. This is Patrick. That's Sir Royce. S-I-R-O-I-S. Hit me back about the cocaine, please. Like, just the dumbest fucking. Yeah, this is what happens when your brain is fucking Smucker's Jam. Yep. This is why you, like, you can't do it, figure this shit out. So all these fucking, like. So all this shit came to a head. Uh, Phil Bryant is now scrambling to... He's out of office already, but mm-hmm. he's scrambling to kind of save his legacy. Um, I don't know what he thinks his legacy is going to be in a state where, like, that leads the goddamn nation in teen pregnancy, uh, infant mortality, and illiteracy. Yeah. Which is, like... So, yeah, I don't know what legacy he thought he was leaving behind, but... Um, now, all of this... Uh, now... And it's just to top it off, that Provacus uh, drug, um, right before they left, the, he left office, uh, fucking Brett was talking to him and was like, yeah, man, if you could really get me some connections for Provacus you know, within the, the Mississippi State government. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't worry about it, dog. Two days later, he leaves the government. He leaves his government job and like, just so happens to get like a fucking, like something like a, like a several million dollar stock option from this company. So Great. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's good. So I, this is what's going on. Again, as we do with a lot of current event episodes, there's still a lot of moving parts on this. But I will say what this means on the ground for Mississippians right now and just some very, like, real uh, implications of, of what this has caused for them. And it's pretty infuriating. Essentially, what this means basically is that, like, okay, obviously – when we think of welfare going to people, we, we think it's mainly as checks, but it has to do with a lot of other shit, a lot of state services. Uh, and not just state services in the sense of like, man, I want this from the state. Maybe I can go petition them about it. It's things that the state says you have to do to fulfill your court obligations. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that you were a, uh, a Mississippi parent and your kids were taken away by CPS and you had to do a parenting class to get them back. 
Well, guess what? That's probably going to be a lot harder to get to now because they don't have funding for these fucking parenting classes now. Yeah. So there are there are cases on hold where people just need to go there, take a parenting class, anger management class, to fulfill their probation, drug counseling class, to fulfill their parole. Can't do it. Or have to travel three counties over right. in places. You know, yeah, and again, they don't have a new Tahoe. Nobody bought them that Tahoe yet. Right. So they're like, they can't do this. And essentially, it's just it boils down to... Uh, a, another example of people in power making this life just so much harder than it has to be for everybody. And it's enough to just make you want to throw the fucking computer against the wall. And it's just, I can only hope, my only takeaway from this that I can see the positive would be is that this helps drill home the idea of a class consciousness to people. Because, like, this shit's real, man. And the people on the other end of it are very aware that it exists and they exploit it and they strengthen their bonds and they take care of themselves and they build, they, they, reinforce this machine they've built and you know the only thing we could do is fucking stand up to it together and i just hope that more shit comes out that that mobilizes more people to do that because so far it's just been unchecked this entire time yeah i mean it's it's like we you said earlier about your like your friends who are like oh well you know people will exploit the system that's true the people exploiting the system are the people who are administrating it yeah. Those are yeah. the people with the real power to manipulate things to their favor. It's not the poor people who are just trying to get by. Like that is, yeah, some people like cheat a little bit here and there, but not enough to buy a new Tahoe, not enough to yeah. give <laughs> yeah. five million so that a, a guy can build a volleyball stadium at his kid's college. Like those are the people manipulating the system. That's like, yeah. how can you, if you can see that, if you can understand that truism that like, when there is a, a system like this, um, there will be unscrupulous people who try to take advantage of it. How can you not see that all of those people are the ones running things? <laughs> like, yeah. That's how yeah. they get into those positions of power. And that's why they get into those positions of power. So, yep. yeah, I hopefully, yeah, this can end on an inspiring note of like, yeah. fuck these people, get them out, <laughs> yeah, uh, man. take their goddamn money. They don't deserve it. They, they have their money, like is more ill-gotten gains than anybody else's. So fuck them. Yep. For sure, man. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's what it boils down to this one is, uh, uh, fuck them. And, uh, you know, like, <laughs> like, and just, yeah. Like, and also if you want to just find out some more, just like, like, like infuriating, but also very educational and very interesting de- details. Anna Wolf, uh, blew this whole thing wide open with her reporting through, uh, W O L F. Yes. A N N A W O L F. And so, yeah, go go check her out. She was the the main sources, and she was on every little interview that I watched. Very informative, very intelligent person, and she did a lot of good work on this. So, that being said, uh, yeah, guys, that is the that is the episode for today. Not worth it. (laughs) Yeah, we. I was gonna say, if you're just tuning in, we always gauge whether each episode was uh, each scam featured in the episode was worth it, and to what extent it was. We have a discussion about that. Not much to discuss here. Uh, Not worth it. Don't do it. It's it's not worth it because like even if like. The people, I mean, the people who got in trouble, like, oh, the Nancy New and her son mm-hmm. are facing the kind of prison sentences that do make you feel good. They're 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 eligible to be hit with up to ninety nine years in prison. I can't well, imagine how years. unpopular you would be in prison if this is what you went to yeah, prison for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I, they, they might get protected by the Aryan Brotherhood or whatever. But yeah, like, that's <laughs> also possible. Yeah. Oh, and like, also go read these text messages if you want to see 
a family just lying to themselves. They're like, <laughs> at one point, at one point, the son goes, "Man, so it looks like huh, we did all that hard work, and we're getting thrown under the bus." Like, well, you made all those hot dogs, you piece of shit. Fuck you. <laughs> all that Sorry. hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's it, guys. Man, we uh, we normally do like uh, this episode. It was fun. It was a good time. We normally do a little little lighter stuff, but this one just had to be brought up and talked about. But if you like what you heard, you can check out. We drop two episodes a month for free. We also do our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. And we release two episodes there a month. Yeah, we have huge back catalogs of both the free feed and the pay feed. So if you like what you see, get on in there. Um, you can find me online. At, I'm at P-Z-T-X, that's P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X on everything. And the podcast Twitter is at LCS Podcast. And come check us out. And if you'd like to check out my tour dates, I have those posted. I'm all over the South this month on the Grits and Gravy Tour, considering uh, Frontier Airlines doesn't, like, throw me out of a window or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, Kath, you got anything for us? Yeah, um, I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. It's a podcast uh, that comes out weekly about stupid news stories. Um, We have a Patreon for that as well. I'm Kath Barbadoro on social media, and I post my dates there. I live in New York and perform mostly around the New York City area, so check it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Hey, remember, uh, have fun, be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time.